Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of giving you inspiration, specific takeaways, and so on, so your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into everything, I would love to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, the biggest sort of achievement of this past week is that I am done with the first draft of the animated script that I've been working on. Now, when I say done, it is a little bit misleading because as I texted my friends, um, you know, I took a screenshot of the final pages, or the final page rather, and, you know, down at the bottom where it says like, you know, fade to black, the end, I took a picture of that and sent it to, you know, several people that have been involved in the project. And I said, you know, uh, it's done. It's shitty and barely readable, but it's done. And that's quite literally the truth of it. Um, it's, it, it got me to a finish point, right? And throughout it, um, you know, I was taking notes for my own internal purposes where, you know, stuff that I want to clarify, expand, and so forth. But it just needed to give me a clear idea of where things stood, right? And that's the thing of any creative process is that, you know, in your head, the idea is great, right? But it isn't until you start to put it on the page how you realize all the pitfalls of it, right? And the same thing goes for like product development and so forth. You know, you have to iterate that idea. You have to get it into a physical form or on the page, whatever the, 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 the thing of it is, in order to be able to look at it and then assess it and make it better, right? And I could have, in some sense, like I, I already done this once where, you know, I got about halfway through and there were so many notes that I had earlier um, as I was writing the draft for myself that, you know, I essentially chose, you know, this was about a month or so ago, I chose to go back and essentially, you know, do a page one, you know, start from page one, incorporating these notes, you know, like a full rewrite. Here, it wasn't so drastic. So, you know, the notes that I left for myself, while it does alter things quite a bit, um, at least, you know, with certain sections, I felt it was more beneficial to just literally get to the end. And then, you know, me and all the other collaborators, we can kind of assess it and be like, okay, you know, where are we at? And how do we elevate the, the, the ideas that are there and get rid of the ones that are bogging it down? And that's, that's the mission, right? That's the goal of all of it. And I'm very happy with where I'm at with it, uh, you know, as far as this, right? Like it's, I know the journey is nowhere near complete, but at least it is, it is done. And it's a lot easier to, it's like the blank page syndrome, right? The blank page syndrome is a very scary thought because there's nothing on the page. And so it, that's daunting. But now that, you know, I have 122 pages written, 
can assess that and be like, ooh, okay, cut this, no, expand this, and so forth. And overall, I now have momentum and I have an indication of where I want to go as far as you know the next revision and what needs to be revised. So that's very beneficial. And so I'm excited to do that. Now, you know, I've been sort of, you know, really pushing myself forward. And part of the whole reason why I definitely just was like, let me just get to the end was because May 25th is the Austin Film Festival deadline for script submissions. And it had been my goal to use that as a motivator. And while it'd be great to be able to submit to the Austin Film Festival, which is a festival that I love, you know, even if I just like went hardcore for the next few days, all in, just revision. I, it's obviously every script is room for improvement, but I just don't think it'd be indicative nearly enough of like what the final result would be. And so, you know, I don't think I'll end up submitting. I mean, unless a miracle happens, listen, never say never, that type of thing. But, you know, it is my intent to continue using this momentum to make the necessary changes, but not berate myself for missing that deadline, right? Um, Because there's going to be other script competitions down the line and so forth. I mean, really for me, it would have just been a fun excuse to attend the Austin Film Festival this way. You know, obviously the dream would be to be able to go with a movie and and screen that, but all the same, you know, <laughs> I don't have a movie at this point to to showcase. So, you know, this was my other way around. And when I say, I mean, obviously I've made two feature films at this point and a bunch of short films, but it's like uh, certainly with the with the feature films, they've played out their their film festival circuits, and you know, one you can you know uh, Love Market you can watch on Amazon and Tubi. Bogota Trip is now in the distribution phase where we're figuring out you know where that'll go and so forth. So um, yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense to submit Bogota Trip or any one of those because those have had their day at the film festivals. And who knows, you know, I mean, you know, when the time, when the movie's done, maybe it'll play at the Austin Film Festival or, you know, my dream is always to go to Cannes, you know, which is actually happening right now. Uh, so I'm a bit, bit jealous of that, but, uh, you know, because I'm not there. But that, that, that to me, like, you know, would be an amazing experience to like the Cannes Film Festival or the Austin Film Festival. Those are ones that like, for me, I would just like definitely love and, um, Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, But as far as the script competition itself, I don't think um, I'll be submitting this one. And, you know, just to kind of take a step back of why I would even submit, you know, A, as far as the Austin Film Festival, it's because it would just be, it would just give me a great excuse to, to attend. But, you know, part of the benefit of any screenwriting competition is to get other, you know, some feedback as well as just be able to talk about the project with, you know, known players in the space and potential, potentially draw interest towards that project and so forth, which would be great. You know, I know I don't, necess- I don't need a big budget to make the movie, even though it's animated, but that's the beauty of animation is you can go wild with the concept. Like your imagination is, is really 
um, the thing that prevents anything, right? Like you can, you know, like if I try to do all the things that I'm writing about live action, I mean, who knows? It might be like a $300, $400 million movie. Whereas with animation, yeah, animation can be costly, but not that level costly, right? So it, it allows me to do some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. And I just genuinely love the medium. You know, I've been, I, I've talked about it in my past episodes of, you know, how much more I've been, even been, been studying it. And I, and I, listen, I've loved it since I was a kid, you know, um, dating back to like the Flintstones and the various Hanna-Barbera TV shows, <laughs> you know, Wacky Racers, one of my favorites, right? Like I just, I just love the genre. And certainly, you know, as you grow older, you start to recognize that there's also you know, it just it doesn't have to be cartoons for kids. Although I, you know, I do have nostalgia for those. Um, you know, you can get something as wonderful as Suzume, which is made for both kids and adults, right? That's the beautiful part about it. You know, same thing with like Pixar. Pixar has that ability to transcend. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I think more to come once, like this week, I'm sure I'll connect with you know, my various collaborators and get their feedback on stuff. You know, even recently I spoke with, uh, with John Comerford and we were kind of talking about this concept and he was asking questions. It's just great, right? Because getting that more direct interaction, because as I'm writing it by myself, I'm asking myself questions and stuff like that, but I'm not really like pushing myself. Whereas it's good to have that friction from somebody else and not because they're necessarily critiquing it in a bad way. It's just, you know, part of the process to explore those ideas and, 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 and have a through line. And, and the biggest thing, like, it all has to make sense. And one of the things that I even, like, made a note for myself was this idea of simplifying and coming up with an internal logic for the scope of, you know, this fantasy element, Right. And not that it didn't have a logic before, but I think I found a better way to simplify it for audiences because there is a lot already in there. Um, and I think it can be a little bit more succinct with the new direction that I'm planning to go in. So um, I think that's, that's, that's really going to be good. And, um, you know, talking out with John already gets me excited in that direction and you know what he the questions he asked also led to complications for you know several characters because I was trying to give a few of the characters something more to do to, to have them be a little bit more active and then this certainly um, fulfills that requirement so it's it's been wonderful to to utilize it um, so yeah creatively that's kind of really it you know um, in this next week, I'll be getting notes back on this draft, you know, um, which I mentioned. I'll be getting a new batch of character designs from the animators, which I'm excited about. Um, you know, on the back burner, um, as far as my involvement, has been the filmmaking how-to book. So that one I've actually got a ghostwriter on, and he sent me a new batch of stuff to review. So this week, that's, you know, what I'm going to be doing. So excited for that. 
while I wait for people to read this version of the script, I'm going to try to just do a few chapters in the novel that I've been writing. That way it'll give me uh, some time off from, you know, the script. So to the best of my ability, it can be a little bit fresher. And, you know, that way I'm not like addressing notes unnecessarily, which, you know, might be irrelevant based on any conversations that I have with, you know, with people on the, on, on, on the feedback. So that's kind of, you know, the, the, the major stuff that I'm working on. And then, you know, I've, you know, recognizing that I do have a lot going on. I'm trying to get my friend Anthony involved on some editing that I've got for this short parody that I that I filmed and, you know, have a base edit of, but it needs B-roll and other stuff. Um, so, you know, it'd be great to get his help on that. And then there's also this sort of mini documentary, let's say, that I want to create like a 10-minute um, video about something that's near and dear. And that doesn't have to come out till November, but, you know, I want to get the ball rolling on that. And so, you know, I'm, th I'm like, hey, Tony, uh, let's... Tony's someone who I worked with in the past on multiple projects. And I, there's this one summer where, you know, at my apartment, we literally had two giant desks, you know, one, one for me, one for him. And he was editing stuff. I was editing stuff. Then I'd like review it, blah, blah, blah. And like we had a whole thing going. And so I was like, let's, you know, we don't honestly have to go back to that level. But, you know, certainly I said, you know, once or twice a month, you know, if you come and knock out, you know, just put in a full day, you know, I'll pay you for that. And uh, I think it'll, it'll certainly help me to move the ball forward on some of these projects that have been kind of sitting there and collecting dust. So um, I'm excited, you know. And speaking of finances and, and whatnot, you know, um, the sort of beautiful thing for me, um, you know, I've talked about it in the past being involved with the Financially Fit Foundation, which is a nonprofit um, geared towards teaching people how to manage their finances, essentially, right, and be financially literate. And it's one of those things, the more that I lean into it and do with the foundation, obviously, the more I benefit, right? And I've been, it, what allows me to, you know, do all this various stuff and, you know, have a ghostwriter, be able to like, you know, talk to Tony and, and have somebody to, to, to offload work and so forth is because of the management. And not that I was, you know, terrible before, but now it's just even better, right? You just, like with anything, it's elevated and, and you grow. And so one of the big things is, you know, um, just even, even, even like now how I look at it in terms of timing, right? Like I've got some, you know, for me, my credit card statement is about to close out. And so I'm like, you know what, let me hold off on certain purchases so that way I can save it, you know, until that statement comes out. Because then um, I won't be paying the stuff off in June. I can, you know, pay it off in July when, you know, other payments come in that I'm owed and stuff like that, right? So it's basically being able to time out payments with when invoices are coming and so forth, right? 
and this is the benefit. I can just identify this stuff like a lot easier, you know, whereas before I would have like, wouldn't have thought about it and would have just made a purchase and then all of a sudden, you know, I've got this big credit card bill due, um, which, you know, would have, would have thrown it off. It's, it just becomes easier, you know, once you start thinking about it in this way. Now, how's that necessarily beneficial to you? Well, you know, if you like, you know, definitely check out the Financially Fit Foundation website. But most importantly, as far as that's concerned, they, there is a book called Save Yourself. You know, it's, it's linked there. You can find it on Amazon, Save Yourself. And, you know, that essentially teaches the Financially Fit Foundation system. So, you know, you could purchase that book and, and learn yourself. Um, as far as, you know, just stuff that's kind of been going on and, and whatnot, um, you know, this past week was kind of very Fast and the Furious heavy. You know, my, my friend Khalil and I, we were excited to see Fast 10. And so, you know, I was hanging out with him and I was like, you know what, it'd be fun to like rewatch a movie or two before like we see Fast 10. And so I was like, which one should we even watch? You know, to me, the one that made sense was like five because it's so tied into what Fast 10 is. But we ended up seeing uh, the first of Fast and the Furious. And um, it's just so crazy to like rewatch that movie. And this isn't like a spoiler thing or whatever, but it, it just like that, that that's the movie that launched one of the biggest franchises in the world, right? And it's just so weird um, to kind of consider that and, and so forth, right? Um, I just love studying that. And, and even like um, just a day or two ago, I also rewatched the social network and looking at that through a fresh pair of eyes, you know, seeing in the context of today versus, you know, all the years that it came out. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of wild and interesting to, to think about. And, you know, even seeing, you know, as I was watching the social network, I'd look up, you know, where, where's Sean Parker at today? Where's Eduardo? You know, all the players essentially, you know, how did they fare out? So it's, I don't know. It's just it, it's just interesting to kind of see it all play out in a certain way, right? Um, and what's kind of cool in general too that I'm finding more of as I navigate things um, and through my continuation of just going to therapy and so forth, I'm a lot more at ease with with how I handle things and so forth. And you know, one thing for example is. You know, Tim Ferriss likes to say the quality of your life is directly proportional to the amount of hard conversations you're willing to have. And I find myself more and more uh, leaning in and addressing things that in the past I might have let go and doing so not in a rude way, but saying what matters so that way it will be fixed and not like an F, like, you know, Kim Scott has this wonderful book called Radical Candor, right? Um, you know, caring deeply, but also being direct and having that ability to do that um, and not avoiding it either. It's just like, you know, for me, I'll note something and then, yeah, it's just like, hey, let's, let's just have a quick conversation addressing it and not making a, not making a, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill sort of thing, but just, you know, hey, before it becomes a mountain, um, let's just address it and move forward, right? So that's the wonderful thing. And, you know, I mentioned 
the previous vlog that I that I recently rewatched, The Matrix, like, um, and you know, still to this day, I think about like there is no spoon that that line from that movie. And if you're unfamiliar, you know, there's this part where Neo um, is talking with with this young boy, and essentially, really, the point of it is, you know, as the boy says that. It's not to bend the spoon, it's to realize there is no spoon. Because when you realize that, it, it essentially showcases to you that it's not the spoon that bends, it's you. And so really what it comes down to is in life, whenever we think we have a problem with the world, it's really just us, right? Like more and more that I go through life and think I have issue with X, Y, and Z, I don't. It's really more myself. And if there is something that needs to be addressed, well, now I know, you know, like if it's a work procedure or protocol or something, right? Then sure, you know, that's fine. It can be addressed, but I don't lay fault on anyone necessarily. And, you know, I take the ownership of, as I said, just addressing it before it becomes a big issue, right? And it's tough to like indicate how all of this is sort of manifesting itself. But like, as I said, I do feel lighter in general um, and at ease with the things that I'm doing. And unfortunately, you know, there's that great line in the matrix, you know, no one can be told what the matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And it kind of is that way, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, you you've seen photos of whatever place, right? Let's pick South Africa or something like that. And chances are, I'm just going to presume that you've never been to South Africa. And sure, um, you might have seen pictures just like I have. I've never been to South Africa. And we might have an idea, but until we're there, we don't know, right? It's a whole different experience to actually be there for yourself. And so that's kind of what this feels like. I can describe it and show you pictures and so forth, but it's not the same as if actually experiencing it. Um, that's why, you know, I do call myself the 360 creative coach. That's why I'm talking about all this stuff. That's why, you know, I even started, you know, inserted finances into this because to me, it's all part and parcel of it, right? If you can be financially stable, then you can create your art and not have to worry. And that allows you to be more creative, right? And all that. And if your mind's good, then your creativity will good. That allows your finances to be good. Like these are all parts of the whole, right? as opposed to, you know, trying to isolate it because it's all interconnected. Certainly the pandemic has taught me how <laughs> interdependent the world actually is. Um, but another sort of truth that I learned recently is how seductive fear actually is, which is an interesting term when you think about it, seductive. You know, I used to say, borrowing from Sebastian Horsley, misery is just as agreeable as happiness. And this is kind of an extension furtherization of that where fear is seductive you know and I guess that's where you know the temptation of the devil imagery comes from is because it is alluring right there, there's that charm to it of like oh okay um and so forth right and you know just even for myself like a lot of decisions in many many years have been made just on the basis of fear. I didn't know it, but as Carl Jung said, you know, until you make the unconscious, uh, until 
you bring forth and make the unconscious conscious, um, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Now, it might not be exact, but that, give or take, that's about it. And it's true, right? And that's essentially, you know, as far as for me, what I'm doing is um, uncovering that, right? And even going back to the writing, right? You know, at first, all the writing, you know, the idea and so forth, it's more kind of like instinct and, uh, you know, kind of what comes and what you think is cool and blah, blah, blah. And as you put it to paper, you start to unearth that unconscious desire of like, well, what am I trying to actually say? And then you start to look at it, okay, like, this is a jumbled mess. Well, let's untangle this and, you know, this, okay, it's cool in concept, but that's actually a different story. So let's save that for, you know, another time and let's focus on this and so forth, right? That's, it's all interconnected. So anyway, thank you for taking the time to tune in. I just wanted to kind of catch you up um, as far as what's been going on. But I truly do appreciate it. As always, uh, feel free to ask any questions um, or topics you'd like me to, me to cover. As always, you know, you can comment down below or hit me up on social media. Likewise, if you appreciate what I do and think I might be of benefit more directly, well, then that's what my Patreon page is for. Patreon.com slash PhilSvitek. There, you know, you can sign up. There's just one tier. It's $10 a month. That way everyone gets all the same stuff. And yeah, we can interact that way. So thank you so much. I truly do appreciate you. I hope to see you next time.